0: so, Lord, and that we can entreat you, Father, with everything, Lord, every area of our being. I pray, Lord, that we can humble ourselves before you, Father. Let our ears be open, Lord, that we may hear, and our eyes that we may see, Father. Our hearts, Lord, that we can be converted unto you. I pray, Lord, minister unto us. God, you know every soul in this place. Father, you know every need that we have. As we gather ourselves, Lord, we cast our cares upon you, Lord, because we know that you care for us, O God. Lord, we pray that you would lift the burdens that we have. God, all the petitions, O Lord, that we bring before you this day. We pray, Lord, that you would take them, Lord, that you would lift them, that you would minister unto us, O God. That you would strengthen us, O Lord, quicken us according to thy word. Quicken us and lift us up, Lord, that we can abide with you, Father, in your presence, O Lord. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would minister to the needs that we have. Minister to those, Lord, who are sick, who are afflicted, who are infirmed, O God. And pray, Lord, through your healing hands for your touch, O Lord, to minister, to strengthen, to make whole, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Amen, Lord, as you promised us in your word, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed, to touch those that need healing in their bodies. Amen, Lord, lift up those, Lord, who need encouragement, who need strength, who need joy. God, I pray, Lord, have your way, Father. Amen, Lord, and I pray that you would bind us together. Lord, that we can be one body, Lord, and that we can be, Lord, amen, God, in one place, in one accord together, in one mind, Lord, in one spirit, Father. Minister unto us, Lord, as we humble ourselves before you this day, God. Amen, Lord, we pray, Lord. Do a work, O God, and pour out your spirit upon us. Lord, in this place, O God, amen, Lord. We ask this, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let it be done, Lord, and we carefully praise you. And give you glory and honor, Thank Lord, in Jesus, Jesus' name. Jesus Let amen. everybody say Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be dismissed to your classrooms. <coughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh. Do we have that image, the priest. Yep. Thank you, Jesus. Cut me back just a little bit. Okay, thank you very much. Amen. back into the book of Exodus, uh, very, <laughs> should be very familiar by now to all of us here. <laughs> it's always good to try to get understanding, isn't it? Insight. And, uh, me just let me get my stuff together here so I hope you're not too anxious this morning not too much in a hurry no. to go no place <laughs> and uh, when I when I this is really something that uh, I guess <clears throat> when I begin to really do some research into the garments of the priesthood of course years ago i was pretty uh, i was led and it just seemed like just trying to of course everything you know, as far as what we're studying the tabernacle the priesthood always remember this and it should be in the back of our minds it should be etched in the back of our minds that everything that he uh, commanded moses to do concerning the tabernacle and all the furniture of the tabernacle even the materials that were the tabernacle was constructed of everything that was used the priesthood the garments of the priesthood everything that was situated with the tabernacle all that it was was built after the pattern that Moses was shown on the mount Mm -hmm. he makes that reference to that Regarding every every uh, stage and every every you know uh, facet of the ministry and of the tabernacle. He always <clears throat> reminded Moses, make sure you make it according to the pattern mm-hmm. that is showed thee uh, that was showed thee on the mouth. So mm-hmm. Moses could not deviate from that. Could not deviate from that. Amen. And uh, everything had to be built according. Of course, it was served as a type. And a shadow, a type and a shadow. And if you go there, uh, stick your fingers there in in uh, Exodus twenty-eight there. Just for a moment, we're just gonna we're gonna take a quick trip up to uh, the book of of uh, Colossians chapter two and verse number seventeen. Of course, Paul is referring to the Old Testament. Ceremonialism, everything that he's talking about. Because he's obviously discussing certain things. But look at the statement he makes. Remember, we talk about terminology. Pay attention to terminology and everything that's being used. Of course, in the New Testament. And you see that he says in verse number 17. He said everything that he's, we, that he's referring to. The uh, meat and drink. And uh, obviously the sacrifices. The sacrifices. Respect of an holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days. He's making that reference. He's letting them know, Amen. everything about, you know, the the, the old covenant. He said, which are a shadow of things to come. All those were a shadow Mm -hmm. of things to come. But the body is of Christ. So In other words, if we want to find out where all that points to, guess what? The, the, the body is the one that casts the shadow Amen. and uh, anybody that goes outside on a sunny day you can, you can stand however you are facing the sun and, and your body's going to cast a shadow but how do you know what is causing that shadow to, to you know, reflect on the ground the way it does you have to follow the course of the shadow and the, the shadow is going to lead you to the body mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying And so that's what he's referring to. All that was a shadow of things to come. In other words, all that pointed to the body. Mm -hmm. To the body. The body, but the body is of Christ. Mm -hmm. So you think about that. There's a reason why all this. We talk about the ephod, the image. The image. The image. All that. And obviously there's, there's a reason why all this is there to help us to understand and, and Paul makes that claim again and, and he talks about it and, and he mentions it. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Mm-hmm. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So we see that. We see that all that is just basically. We're, we're receiving the understanding. We're being enlightened by God's word. So that we can know. Basically when we talk about purpose. What all this represents right here. Where we started out. What all this represents. Like I said it's beautiful. Amen. It's beautiful. Yes. One thing about this garment, and I shared that earlier, that when the high priest came to his, the end of his service, and of course, the only reason why he came to the end of his service, if he wasn't removed because of sin, it was because his life ended. And so what they would take was, they would take these garments, all these garments that we're talking about today, they would take all these garments... That were connected to the ministry of the priesthood, and they would place them on the the priest that was after him, in other words, it had to be one of his sons. Mm-hmm. but the thing about this garment was, and this is this is really amazing because because you you notice how the garments are made, you see how they 're made, you know the, covering the entire uh, the entire body of the priest and the thing about it was wh- whoever the next priest was that stepped into. That line of the priesthood, the high priest, those garments were never altered. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, I mentioned that before, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Garments were never altered. The person had to just put the garment on. They were never altered. That's just like salvation today. Nothing about salvation has changed. Amen. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and today, to mm-hmm. forever. So... Nothing. Nothing has ever been altered. We have to fit the garment, Amen. not the garment fit us. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that that's the important part about the Holy Ghost. As we are covered, ye shall be endued with power from on high. You shall be clothed. Mm-hmm. You shall put on. You shall be garmented with power from on high. So guess what? When we when the Holy Ghost comes upon us and it begins to do a work in us. Guess what? It's going to. It's going to outfit us. Amen. It's going to outfit us for the task at hand, for the ministry amen. that God has called us to fulfill. So amen. you see that. And and, uh, Amen. You go back and and, and, and uh, you know I, I don't mind doing this. I I can never get tired of doing this. But just to get an understanding of of what it is when when the Lord called uh, Moses. Aaron into the ministry, and then he, he says that, he says that, uh, you, you will make holy garments, I'm reading out of Exodus 28.2, Thou shalt make holy garments for, for Aaron and thy brother for glory and for beauty. They were made for glory and for beauty. Mm-hmm. For glory and for beauty. Mm-hmm. So we see that. And <clears throat> we were talking about the ephod last, last Sunday, the ephod of course gold was beaten down into fine strips of wire. Can you imagine that? Mm-hmm. We all fine strips of wire beaten down meticulously. All the labor that went into the the making of these garments, gold was beaten down into fine strands of wire, and then it was woven into the the fabric of the ephod and 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 which which is this right here? This all this right here, and then also the breastplate right here. Everything in this garment, it it was it was beaten down and woven into it, just small strands. Can you imagine that? Into the fabric, of course. You know what the fabric uh, represents as far as the colors of the fabric and all that. uh, We we covered that and and uh, Amen. The the colors that are. In the ephod, the gold, the blue, the purple, the scarlet, mm-hmm. the linen. So, so we understand that. So, obviously, and if I'm sounding like I'm I'm repeating myself, I'm doing it so you can understand this. The strength and glory of the gold was intimately blended with every part of the ephod. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. The strength and glory of the gold was intimately blended. In other words, it was woven into every fabric. What to me, uh, to me, when you when we think about that, what what comes to your mind when you know how it was made and how it was woven into the fabric? What comes the gold that was woven into the fabric? What comes into your mind as far as its construction? What does it represent? Represent deity in humanity deity mm-hmm. it's the work of God mm-hmm. that obviously it's woven into that fabric It's it, the work of God is woven into every part of us our fabric of our being mm-hmm. it's woven in that's how tight knit our salvation should be mm-hmm. and it only can happen It can only be fulfilled if we allow the Holy Ghost to work in us. Mm -hmm. If we allow the Holy Ghost to be a part of our being, every Mm -hmm. fabric of our being, if he's interwoven, that's all. That's how it has to be. Can Mm -hmm. you imagine that? Mm -hmm. That's that's the that's the forethought. That's what God's Mm -hmm. plan, God's purpose. So obviously the Holy Ghost, if you pay enough attention, if you're sensitive enough to the Spirit, you're gonna see the Holy Ghost. Doing that work in you. Mm-hmm. Amen. You're going to be moved. You're going to be stirred. Mm-hmm. You're going to be led. Amen. And things are going to come to your mind and you're going to wonder, what, you know, why am I thinking that? Well, why, why do you think? Well, God is obviously doing the work in you. He's, he's weaving Himself into every fabric of your being. Amen. Why? Of course, it was, for, it was for the purpose of strength and glory. Strength and beauty. Hallelujah. Amen. When we were absent, when we are absent from the presence of God, when we were unregenerated, when we were sinners, when we did not know the Lord, we did not know Christ, guess what? The image we projected, our personality, everything about our being was mm-hmm. was not attractive. Amen. Right, amen. <laughs> amen. I'm talking about uh, your. Uh, when I say not attractive, I'm not talking about your good looks, your handsomeness, or your beauty, <laughs> because a person can be beautiful, uh, a woman can be beautiful, a man can be handsome, but guess what? they can be just as vicious and unattractive in their spirit, in their personality. Amen. Amen. So that's why it's important for us to recognize what God does, the work He does in us to make us, the garments are for beauty and for glory. So there's something about what the Holy Ghost does for you and I as He weaves Himself in the fabric of our being, in our lives, and how he does that work, where we can—I I always remember uh, somebody a testimony somebody told me about Brother Ari Hancock. Uh, he testified. He, I mean, he shared with 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 me a lot of his early years before he got saved and the kind of person he was. And and let me tell you something. Uh, he lived a a, a, a really uh, rough life. Really rough life. And somebody told me one time that knew Brother Hancock, they said, Brother Marshall, if you ever knew Brother Hancock before he got the Holy Ghost, he said he was a rough character, a rough character in and out, he said. You wouldn't even recognize him now because of the way he is now. He said, obviously, he said, God has refined him. He has refined him. And made Him the person He is right now. And see, that's what God can do for you and I. He Amen. can refine us. Yes. He can make us into the person that He wants us to be. Not who you think who you want to be, mm-hmm. but who He wants you to be. And that's all represented by all that, all that work that's done in these garments. All that work. Mm-hmm. Fine twined linen. Fine twined, in other words, delicate Intricate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. So if you if you pay attention, okay, so strength and glory. The gold was intimately blended in with every part of the ephod and it gave it also firmness and brilliancy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Has something in it, Amen. and I and I know I shared this about the girdle, and I I just want to uh, I just want to bring it out just a little bit more uh, about what it was to put on the girdle, and and I and I know I shared that the the where when it mentions the girdle, and, and it was it was referred to as uh, um, device. You know when when the girdle, which if you all remember this right here attached to the back of the ephod and it's t- attached to us now here's 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 another beautiful thought and I, I came across this the other day and I was thinking about this but uh, uh the curious girdle that he talks about the literal expression the and, and this is this is what the 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 rabbis the jews this is what they uh, say concerning the curious girdle. he said the literal expression is when he when he was talking about that in, in Exodus thirty nine to put the put put the uh, the ephod on the priest. And I, I'm, I'm I'm coming out of Exodus 39.5 If you want to go there, uh, like I said, don't be in a hurry this morning, as we, we, we I just want you to understand Exodus thirty nine five. And uh, it says, I don't know if I could find the right page myself. Exodus 39 and 5. My, my, my. Lord help me. Hallelujah. And you probably all have it already. It says, and the curious girdle of his ephod that was upon it was of the same according to the work thereof. And, per, uh, and so he, he talks about the curious girdle. So when, when we talk about the curious girdle being put on, the literal expression is this. is When they said, when they put the ephod on the priest, here's, here's what they say. Here's what the rabbis say. This is what they say. He was ephodized. He was ephodized. So in other words, that never took place until, until this was actually secured upon him. Mm-hmm. So in other words, remember what I said? He was ornamented. That's what that word means—to ornament. So he was ephodized. That's what they say. This literal expression is ephodized, ephodized him with it, with with the girdle, by binding the ephod on the high priest. It is, it, the high priest is to impart to him. The virtues it contained. Okay? So, of course, the ephod is connected, uh, the, the girdle is connected to the ephod. So, by binding the ephod, the girdle of the ephod on the priest, it was to impart to him everything that this represented, that it contained, all the virtues that the ephod contained. So, it imparted imparted. Now now think about that. Imparted. I think about I think about what the apostle Paul said in Romans chapter uh, one. In Romans chapter one where where he's talking here in Romans chapter one and, and uh, in verse number eleven he said for I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end ye may be established. So in other words, what Paul was saying here, he says that I'd like to come, I'd like to minister to you so that I can impart to you a gift. Mm-hmm. Obviously he knew, he understood what it was to be able to be wearing the garment spiritually. Amen. So to wear the garment you're able, you, you will be imparted spiritual mm-hmm. gifts or spiritual virtue and of course the the priests, the rabbis all agreed that that's what that means. By binding the ephod on the high priest is to impart to him the virtues it contains. So all these virtues that, you know, the colors and the fabric represented, but not only that, what was right here, as far as the shoulder pieces and the breastplate, all those virtues, all those virtues represented by the gold and by the precious stones, mm-hmm. all those virtues. Now that's an interesting word, virtue, amen. Because obviously it's kind of got a little broad definition. (coughs) Virtue means strength, or virtue means power, or energy. (coughs) So you put that all together, we know virtue obviously strength, power, energy. So it's something that is emitted. That's why they call it virtue. (coughs) It's emitted. So in other words, what the work of the Holy Ghost is, when we, when, we are, when we are filled with the Holy Ghost, when we have put on Christ, guess what? It's going to emit from us the power, the virtue of God, the mm-hmm. virtue of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. We're going to be empowered. We're going to be uh, strengthened. Mm-hmm. We're going to have that energy. Praise God. Amen. Beautiful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things about this. I could just, I could spend a lot of time on each one of these little portions or each one of these, you know, going on it and, and just to be able to get gain an understanding. But remember that we put it on. We put it on mm-hmm. when you are filled with the Holy Ghost. You put it on. Ye shall be endued with power from on high. You will put it on. You shall be. Ye shall be clothed with power from on high so that's what happens that's what happens we're we're receiving the spiritual amen the spiritual uh, life the spiritual side of our amen salvation because we are physical we're a human being human nature we got to deal with every day but thank God we can put all this on amen amen so so now coming to this point now Remember we talked about this right up here? The onyx stones, right here on this side and right there. And the onyx stone, the names of the twelve children of Israel Mm -hmm. by birth order were placed on those stones. Six on each side, Mm -hmm. beginning from the oldest to the youngest. Six on each side. On onyx stones. Onyx. O-N-Y-X. Onyx. But the literal translation of the Hebrew word that is used as far as in the text for the onyx stones means this. The literal translation means it, it signifies, is defined or translated as this to shine. Okay? Mm-hmm. To shine with the luster of fire. So there's a reason why the Lord said, write their names on onyx stones. They were to shine with the luster of fire. What does that sound like? Holy Ghost. Ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Mm-hmm. So in other words, they're to shine with the luster of fire. We're all to shine. Jesus said, we're the light of the world. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're supposed to shine with the light of God. We're supposed to shine with that luster of fire, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. We're to shine. That's what makes us different. That's what makes us unique. Mm-hmm. And uh, praise God. So, you know, just certain things that I that I want you to understand here. Uh, hallelujah. Going back to Exodus 28. Verse number 9, And thou shalt take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the children of Israel, six of the names on one stone and the other six names of the rest on the other stone, according to their birth. With the work of an engraver in stone, like the engravings of a signet, shalt thou engrave the two stones with the names of the children of Israel. Thou shalt make them to be set in ouches of gold, and thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod, for stones of memorial unto the children of Israel, Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a memorial. Thou shalt make ouches of gold and two chains of pure gold at the ends of wreathen work, shalt thou make them and fasten the wreathen chains to the ouches. So we see that up here. Can you guys see these chains? All this in connection. Okay. So we see that. Then you go down into verse number 15. And thou shalt make the breastplate of judgment with cunning work after the work of the ephod. Thou shalt make it of gold, of blue, of purple, and of scarlet, and of fine twine linen shalt thou make it. Four square it shall be. It shall be being doubled. A span shall be the length thereof, and the span shall be the breadth thereof. Thou shalt set in it settings of stones, even four rows of stones. The first row shall be a sardis, a topaz and a carbuncle. Right here, the first row shall be a Sardis. Sardis, topaz, carbuncle. That's what he says, doesn't he? Yep. And then he says, and the second row, an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond. So the second row, emerald, sapphire, and a diamond. Okay, and the third row, a liger, an agate, and an amethyst. So the third row, Liger, and what was the second one? Agate. Agate and an amethyst. Okay, and the fourth row, a burrow and an onyx and a jasper. So a burrow, onyx, and a jasper stone. So we see that. They shall be set in gold in their enclosings. And the stone shall be with the names of the children of Israel, twelve according to their names, like the engravings of a signet. Everyone with his name shall they be according to the twelve tribes. So here we see the ornamentation of the breastplate. A span is nine inches, so uh, if it was square, nine inches this way, nine inches this way. A span. Nine inches, the breastplate was. And you see inside, of course, all those 12 stones set in ouches of gold were every stone, every tribe that was represented by every kind of stone. And, amen. You think about that, where. Kind of reminds me of, of scripture in the book of uh, Malachi, if you want to go there with me. Malachi. In, in chapter 3, in verse number 16, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, The Lord heard it in verse number 16. And the book of remembrance was written before them for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. But they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. They shall be mine. And that day when I make up my jewels. So that was basically representation. Every one of those, all this was done as a memorial, as a memorial. And every tribe was represented here, as far as that was concerned. So remember, when you read Hebrew, you read from the right to the left. Right to the left, right to the left. And and to read Hebrew a little bit. I'm not a I'm not an expert at Hebrew, but I I have, I am studying Hebrew a little bit. But to read the Hebrew, the, the letters, and then the consonants, they say there's no vowels. But when they talk about consonants, so when you read it, it's like when you read Hebrew, you go, you go dip right from right to left, and then whatever the consonants are, right to left, down, right to left, down, right to left, down, right to left. So that's how you read Hebrew. So that's how that was written. So from the right to the left. So, so obviously, but what I'm saying here is this. God placed every stone All the tribes that were represented in the stones on the breastplate. Amen. Mm -hmm. And remember what I said about this particular garment, the ephod. The ephod and, of course, all this on here, the the stones and ephod. All this is obviously represents, amen, a, a closer... A closer relationship with God. Of course this is salvation, we're cleansed, we've been made white, and then we receive the Holy Ghost, and then we get closer as we get into the deeper things of God. This This represents an intimate relationship with God. Intimate relationship. Draw nigh to God, and He shall draw nigh to you. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me reinforce what I've said before. If you're not interested in God, mm-hmm. He'll still love you regardless. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're not interested in getting closer to God, guess what? He's not going to draw close to you. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, don't, I don't want to deviate from what I'm trying to share with you this morning, but you think about it. When, when the Bible talks about us in Romans chapter, you don't have to go there, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it talks about us uh, presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice unto God. Mm-hmm. Holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service. So that we can prove what is His good, acceptable, and perfect will. Now a lot of Bible commentators, theologians like to say, well, he's talking about one will. He's calling one will good, acceptable, and perfect. Well, it could be true. But why did he mention good, acceptable, and perfect? Because God's will. We could be just fine doing God's good will. We're comfortable. I'll go to church. I'll keep up my church attendance every Sunday. Oh that's God's goodwill. Forsake not the assembly of ourselves together as man or some. Is. you're doing God's goodwill. What about his acceptable will? Mm-hmm. Those things that you know, like the sacrifices were not acceptable unless they followed the criteria that God gave to Moses. Mm-hmm. Amen. So those you can get to the point where you can do that acceptable. you get a little bit more closer. You get a little bit more intimate with God. Acceptable. But what about His perfect will? Mm -hmm. What about doing those things that you know, when you do it, you're going to please Him. Mm -hmm. Any relationship, if you want to draw close to that person, that individual, if you really want to please that person, you're going to do those things that are pleasing to them. You're going to make them feel good about you. That's God's perfect will. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And, and we can be like that. We can, however, whatever degree mm-hmm. our relationship is with the Lord, some of us are just satisfied with His good will. Mm-hmm. Some of us are, maybe have come to the place where we can do His acceptable will, but what about His perfect will? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Let me Let, let me... Put that in perspective. Good will. Acceptable will. Perfect will. Mm -hmm. Praise God. So, when we talk about it, of course the breastplate, The literal translation of the Hebrew word, the breastplate, is to ornament. In other words, we know that. Look what's what's ornamented on it, the stones. All the stones of the twelve tribes. Now remember, guess what? The order that these stones are placed upon the breastplate is different than the order right here. This is the birth order order up here. This is the service order here. Mm -hmm. So in other words... It doesn't, you know, of course, we recognize seniority, we recognize a person that, you know, has been with the Lord, the, the eldest to the youngest. But in, in God's service, there are some that, amen, God doesn't follow the birth order, amen. he'll follow the service order. In other words, whatever ministry or whatever calling that person received, as long as that person is... Engaged, and as long as that person is seeking God, and as long as that person is letting God use him, will determine your or the order that God is going to place you right here. That's why it's good to be faithful. So the breastplate, the translation means to ornament. Here's 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 a beautiful thing. Um, uh, 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 of course, that's the Hebrew, to ornament. I, I read that to you at the beginning, about what that means, to ornament. And, and so in other words, God ornaments us. And so that's what that means. But when we talk about the, the other, uh, if you're familiar with the, with, the, with the Septuagint. How many of you are familiar with the Septuagint? Mm-hmm. The Greek Bible. Amen. Basically, what it is, this? the Septuagint. So that's the Greek Bible. And so, the Septuagint, the translation of the Old Testament Scripture in the Septuagint, this is what it says. The, the word that they use for, for breastplate is the word uh, legion. Or, we, it, it's kind of a, how would I say it's It's connected to the word legion, but it's legion. Okay, here's the thing. Now, it's not what you pe- people think right away you're talking about legion in the Bible. No, nope, it's not that. That's not what he's talking about. Legion means this. It means, the Greek word legion means this. It means oracle. Mm -hmm. So in other words, here's the thing. All those, this right here represents, the breastplate represents the oracles of God. Mm -hmm. By every stone, guess what we're called to be? An oracle. You want scripture for that? As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You see that? I'm reading out of 1 Peter 4, chapter 10. And then verse number 11. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do as of the ability which God giveth, but God that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. So you see that. An oracle we speak, but you know what you know what it also stands for? It, it, it's not just the ephod with its shoulder stones and breastplate formed the prophetic dress of the high priest. Are you listening? The prophetic dress of the high priest. This is, this is uh, Jewish thought. This is Jewish philosophy. It represented the prophetic dress of the high priest. So why would you think that they would use that term, prophetic dress? Well, if you read your Bibles, every time the high priest went in there to inquire of God, guess what happened? And when they went in there to inquire of God, and I, suppose, and I don't want to step ahead of myself now, but when they went in there to seek God of course they went in there they wore their breasts they wore the ephod the breastplate that was the only way they could commune with God in the most holy place. Guess what they called the most holy place? Does anybody know what they called the most holy place? The holy of holies what was the other word they used for the holy of holies? the oracle So in other words, when they went in there, an oracle, of course, that's where they heard from God. Guess what they call the place above the mercy seat? And that's where God said, "I if you want to come to me, that's where I'm going to speak to you from. You know what they call that? They call that the oracle. So in other words, God came, God spoke. And, and, and whenever they were in a, 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 like I said, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Whenever they were in a situation, they wanted to know God's will. You know what they did? They employed the use of Urim and Thummim, or the correct pronunciation, Urim and Thummim. And so when they sought the Lord through the use of Urim and Thummim, guess what? God spoke back to them. Somehow there was a signal, and the stones, according to Jewish tradition, the stones would light up. And because the stones light up a certain color, it meant a certain thing. And so they heard from God. So obviously, guess what? They heard from God what to do if they were seeking His direction or they were seeking an answer to a situation. So obviously, when they heard from God, it was an oracle. It was what they heard. It was what they received. It was what they understood. God speaking back to them. And so they would take that, they would take that message and the priest would share that message with the people of Israel or the king who was obviously on the throne at that particular time. Wow. Amen. Amen. Ooh. And people want to say, here's the thing. People want to say, I want to hear from God. Mm-hmm. How come I can't hear from God? Wow. Well, hey, work on your relationship. Mm-hmm. Develop an intimate, because this is, this is what this all means right here develop an intimate relationship with god you will be able to walk into that place where you can hear Mm -hmm. people think it's crazy if you if you haven't paid enough attention to a lot of other preachers that come around they'll use that terminology to speak about hearing from god and and you notice that you know i have colleague friends of mine known for years Talk to me and, and Brother Marshall. Uh I want you to pray for us because we know that you hear from God. And I hear from God. Mm-hmm. I get direction from God. Mm-hmm. I wish I wish the Lord would lead me a little bit more. Uh how would I say, specifically. Because I want to know. I want to know what some of you, what your issues are. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing about it, we can can pray, I can pray, but guess what? Here's a good thing about it. There's a lot of people that like to try to hide. Mm -hmm. Hide those things. Mm -hmm. Don't want anybody to know. But you know who knows? It's God. Mm -hmm. And if you pay attention to the Word close enough, the Word that's ministered, sometimes that Word will shed light on what's going on, Mm -hmm. and people... But I want a more specific word. I want the word of knowledge because I want to know what it is. What it is. What is it that hinders you? What is it you're struggling with? Not to condemn, to edify. That's the difference. A lot of us, you know we get that thinking right away. Oh, right away, we want to point the finger. Guess what? We're brothers and sisters in the Lord, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Why should we feel that way about one another? Mm -hmm. Why should we always look down at one another Mm -hmm. and think we're better? Mm -hmm. When we should be concerned about the well-being, the welfare of our brethren. Mm -hmm. And if Mm -hmm. God shows us something, don't use it and say, Well, see? Mm -hmm. Well, let me tell you something. That's the wrong spirit to have. Mm -hmm. You're judging. Mm -hmm. You're not the judge. He is. Mm -hmm. Mm God just revealed to you something that obviously He wants you to pray for that person. Mm-hmm. But don't judge them. Amen. That's why I said, I want specific details so I can somehow help. But that's what all this represents. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's real. <laughs> Amen. So the ephod... With its shoulder stones and breastplate Formed the prophetic dress Of the high priest By means of it he learned the counsel Of God What course the people should take Or what events were about to happen Does that does that sound like Does that sound like anything to you I will In the last day saith God I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh And your sons and your daughters Shall prophesy The testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy so that we can speak God's word, that we can speak God's counsel. That's why it's important to be. Amen. We heard from God last Sunday, didn't we? As much as some of you want to say, oh, that was just pastor. No, it wasn't just me. When God speaks to us the prophetic word, we need to open up our ears we need to pay attention because obviously he's showing us something. He's, he's being intimate with you and I by amen. revealing to us amen. what's in his mind. Amen. And we can't just say, oh, no. Oh, I'm glad he speaks to us. Amen. Amen. I'm glad we can pay attention. I'm glad we can, amen, understand and hear all that. So, uh, oh man, get going and this time goes by so fast. So, <clears throat> here, right here, stones, we're all according to tribal order, not order of birth, tribal order. Does anybody know where that, you can find that in scripture, does anybody know where that gives us an idea of the tribal order. Does anybody know? Let me see if anybody has ever read it. Let me, Does anybody know? Do you want to know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's in the Bible. Amen. <laughs> Numbers chapter 2. Numbers chapter 2. A little, a little you know, the, the, the chapter, but it's, it's pretty insightful. Uh, if I could find it myself, that would be nice. Numbers chapter 2. And the whole chapter talks about the tribal order, but we'll just kind of take a look at Luke. Cause. And uh, verse number 1, uh, Numbers chapter 2, if everybody has it. And the Lord spake unto Moses and said unto Aaron, saying, Every man of the children of Israel shall pitch his own standard with the ensign of their father's house far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch. And they were situated off of the tabernacle. So on the east side, toward the rising of the sun, shall they of the standard of the camp of Judah pitch throughout their armies. And Nassan, the son of, of Mimadab, shall be captain of the children of Judah. And his hosts and those that are. were numbered of them were three score and fourteen thousand. Okay, sixty, uh, not three score and fourteen thousand, seventy four thousand and six hundred. And those that do pitch next unto him shall be the tribe of Issachar. So here we go, on. here we go, here what do you say? Judah? Issachar, the next one. The tribe of Issachar. And Nathanael, the son of Zuar, shall be captain of the children of Issachar. And then verse number 7. Then the tribe of Zebulun. And Eli- Eliab, the son of Elon, shall be captain of the children of Zebulun. So we, here we have uh, Judah, and then Issachar, and Zebulun, so here, right here. Boom, boom, boom. That's how that's the order. These are situated on the east side of the camp. Okay. They're situated on the east side. Okay, and so they're, they're, and go down into verse number ten. And on the south side shall be the standard of the camp of Reuben, according to their armies, and the captain of the children of Reuben shall be Elizer, the son of Shedur. Okay? And those which pitched by him, verse number 12, shall be the tribe of Simeon. So we have Reuben, we have Reuben, and then we have Simeon. Second row. Reuben and Simeon. The captain of the children of Simeon shall be uh, Shilu-Miel, the son of Zerai-Shaddai, and his host, and so on, and so on. Then the tribe of Gad, and the captain of the sons of Gad, Gad, so here we have we have Reuben, Simeon, and then Gad. Gad right here. Alright? And so we see that. And then on, the, uh, on the, uh, the... Verse number 17. Then the tabernacle of the congregation shall set forward the camp of the Israelites in the midst of... It. So it's, it's telling their standards. It's, going, it's, it's talking about the standards that they set. Verse number 18. On the west side shall be the standard of the camp of Ephraim, according to their armies... And the captain of the sons of Ephraim. So on and so on and so on. By him Manasseh. Okay. And then Benjamin. So we have Ephraim. Manasseh and Benjamin. Okay. On the. What side would that be? West West side. Okay. Okay. And so. uh, Verse number 25. The standard of the camp of Dan shall be on the north side. By their armies and the captain. So we have Dan and by Dan will be Asher. Verse number 27, encamped by him shall be the tribe of Asher and all his hosts. And then 29, the tribe of Nef- Nephtali So we have Dan, Asher, Nephtali So we have all these 12 tribes all situated around the tabernacle. So guess who the first ones were that would move first. <coughs> Judah, Judah, just going down in that order. So when they move camp, these would move first, like this. And so that was how they were situated. That's how they set up. So now we see the tribal, the tribal order was based upon spiritual condition, a position. Okay. That's why it's important for us to understand. It's different than the order of the shoulder pieces, the order of birth. It was based upon spiritual position. So that means, of course, our spiritual attitudes and attainments, attendance, denote our position. The stones on the breastplate gives us perfect insight into God's mind on the matter. What constitutes pleasing God? So, here's the thing. You go through that order. There's a certain order. What constitutes pleasing God? That's beautiful, isn't it? We're already out of time. We'll stop here today. I hope. I hope that this was insightful. I hope you learned something today. We shall follow on <clears throat> with. If you if you want me to break it down into detail as far as every tribe, every stone, and what every stone represents, I shall do that. If you want to do that, okay, I shall do that. Praise God. That is very. Thank you for.